This episode of the Warriors Huddle is brought to you by the Athletic Club Oakland, a sports bar we love. If you listen to this pod, you enjoy watching sports, and you already know that watching games with other fans makes that experience even better. Obviously, catching a game at the house on your own is fine. I've done it for decades, but watching a game in a spot that lets you scream and cheer and just generally lose your shit with other Dub Nation fans is way more fun. COVID took that from us for a while, but the ACO is giving it back. The Athletic Club Oakland has shut down their entire side street, not just the parking spots in front. Their entire side street created an enormous outdoor space called the Town Gardens and filled that space with tables, more than 15 huge TVs, and their full complement of great service, food, and drinks. It's big. It's comfortable. It's a great spot to watch Steph continue to rain threes, the NFL playoffs, or really any other sport with other fans while still staying safe. I love this bar. I love their food. I love their space. I love their TVs. I even love that it's pretty family friendly. I can roll here with friends and get too fired up, or I can go with my wife and kid and simply enjoy a game while also having brunch. The Athletic Club is now our go-to spot to watch all sports, especially the Warriors, and we hope you'll join us there. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans can be sports fans again. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in the Warriors huddle with me, Brando, Marcus, or Maxine for this segment. And I'm fired up to announce that we join the former Warriors beat writer for the Bay Area. The current host of Locked on Heat and Locked on NBA, a writer for The Ringer, and a guy who's furious last-minute bid to make the playoffs in my fantasy basketball league came up just uh, short, Mr. Wes Goldberg. What's going on, Wes? Uh, I didn't want to be reminded of that. I don't know. I think I was in the, the NIT version of the brackets of that. I don't even know. I didn't even pay attention to it. I didn't even care. Is a I just, consolation bracket. This, yeah. this is a shot to anybody who's in a fantasy league and does pay attention to the consolation bracket. Come on, man. I mean, this is ridiculous. Nobody should care about that. And I think NIT is uh, is a fair way to say it. Also, thank you for taking the bait on the fantasy shit. I slipped in the ringer thing because I'm crazy impressed by it. But I wasn't <laughs> sure which direction you were going to go. So good for you, Wes. You, yeah, you my, year, my year was going great until I ended up in the consolation bracket of your fantasy basketball league. <laughs> Was what it was. Uh, well, we can underline the ringer thing too. I'm surprised you don't just have a bunch of like articles like on your wall and like, hanging from your neck, <laughs> illustrating how popular you've become. Well, the illustration that the ringer did for my piece uh, on Victor Oladipo and his two year sort of odyssey to get back onto the court um, and and all that stuff. I didn't realize that they were going to do like a whole illustration with it. And it actually came out like really dope. Like I thought I was like, wait, the illustration's like better than the, the stupid words that somebody wrote. So uh, I almost printed out the illustration, but I ultimately did not do that because um, it costs a lot of money to do something like that. And I just, I'm sure that was your illustration. I mean, you, you seem like kind of a Renaissance guy just handling all portions of every piece. So nice. I used to, I used to be like really into drawing when I was a kid. I thought that's where I would end up going, but I went with writing. <laughs> good for you i guess uh, i guess yeah yeah I mean, and i would imagine that it wasn't you who drew that thing for the ringer which is unfortunate we've got an emergency pod today man so look i'm emergency. always fired up to see you i had a bunch of stuff put together a glass half full had some golden questions i was going to run by you the whole nine yards and then clay thompson's name hit the news man um and we got this incredible quote about bandwagon fans and i thought you were the perfect person to talk about it so i banged the entire outline i got a bunch of bandwagon shit for you and before we jump in let's play the quote for those who haven't heard it also i want to show off to you that i know how to share my screen in the sense <laughs> that I mean, you know, i'm pretty good at it let's see uh let's see how it goes out for us this is clay thompson a couple of days ago man nobody's appreciated by the fans fans are so <laughs> fans man the real fans know what's up I'm talking about the fans prior to winning championships who sat through many years of many years of just not winning, but these new fans who come around and expect greatness and they weren't anywhere to be found prior, they can get away. They can they, we can forget those folks. They don't they don't deserve to rep the Warriors. Wes, had you heard that before today? 
I had not actually. And I am so glad that, that you, you're showing that to me. That is a tremendous quote. Yeah. First reaction, man. I mean, I'm glad that you hadn't heard. It's one of the reasons why I was yeah. excited to talk to you about this stuff. So you, right. you see him and you had the benefit of seeing him as well. You know, just, you know, fire off. What are the first things that come to mind? First of all, good for him. You know, I, somebody needs to call out like just, it's not even the bandwagon fan stuff. It's just the fan expectations all the time. And specifically how it relates to Clay Thompson, he worked so damn hard to get back onto the court. And Warriors fans, every single one, if you put 100 Warriors fans in a room, 110 of them were excited about Clay Thompson coming back, right? It was the only thing that anybody would talk about for the longest time. And the anticipation for when Clay got back was just, it was palpable. And I remember the night that he got back. It was so exciting. And then immediately, immediately, I'm not even talking about the next day. Like immediately, it was like, oh, he doesn't look that great. It's like, of course he doesn't look that great. The dude hasn't been playing basketball in two years, suffered two major lower body injuries. Was he supposed to look amazing? And it was, and it's like, well, well, what's wrong with Clay and all this stuff? I don't, I, we, we, we've been talking for two years about what's wrong with Clay Thompson. He's been super injured. The, just him getting back onto the court was a miracle. And I just, the expectations to what Clay Thompson was saying, they just expect greatness without having to go, go through the trials and the tribulations. By the way, the trials and tribulations that Clay Thompson himself had to live every single day, even the most diehard Warriors fan did not have to rehab his, his or her ACL and then his or her Achilles. Clay Thompson had to do that. And so when Clay is living it, every single day and then comes back and is just so ready to be welcomed by these fans. And then now then the, the, the spin around him is, well, he's just, he doesn't look very good. Should we bench clay Thompson for Jordan pool, which is like the hot new topic. Like I get where he's coming from. Do I do? I really do. I get it. I'm glad he said something. You and I both. So let's see working from the top, those expectations. And we talked about it on the pod before, but I'll throw out and say, take away basketball, make it anything, make it anything. Yeah. It doesn't matter how good you are. Step away from it for two years and come back and try to do it again. You're not going to be as good immediately. It's going to take you a while to get back up to speed, mm -hmm. especially if it's an entirely different environment. He's coming to a new team, a new role, a bunch of new shit. So, of course, you know, he's not going to be immediately the Clay Thompson of all. But that's not my focus. Yeah. The rest of the stuff, what he said about the fans, my other takeaways. Um, you know, I'll give you one more thing about Clay. He's human. You know, mm -hmm. we, we tend to view these guys as television characters, you know, like, like people who are there only for our entertainment. And I don't think we factor in a lot of the time that actually they're just like us. And that hearing people call for him being benched would bother him because it wasn't just his words, his body posture in that clip where he's looking down and is clearly yeah. upset. He's a human being who's heard this shit and it's bothered him. As far as his fans take West, it made me fucking happy, man. So you've heard me say this before, and maybe I'm just trying to justify me not having like wasted 30 years of my life rooting for a team while they were <laughs> terrible. But I want someone to point out, and then we're gonna we'll get into this as the podcast goes on, but I want someone to point out that there's a difference between fans who've been there the entire time and fans who have just jumped in at the end. And he's he's at least hinting, if not directly saying that they appreciate the fans have been there forever. So I don't know. It's like a justification, like an right. attaboy. Kinda. Yeah. It's like, it's almost like somebody going on a podcast and uh, recommending that the Warriors trade Clay Thompson. You know, like, how would you feel about that? Who would do that? Dude? I, I could not imagine. Here, here's an analogy I've used in the past, at least as far as being frustrated. So I rooted for this team when they were awful, awful, awful offer for decades. Yes. And they finally won and I got to celebrate. But as I celebrated, all of these people who had not gone through the terrible years celebrated right alongside me. And they celebrated in the same way from a really selfish, scandalous uh, perspective. That's not fair, Wes. It's not fair. If, if I wanted to get into a brand new club, but there was a line for it. So I went in and I waited. And let's say, I, you know, bananas wait. I had to wait in this line for a week and it rained, and it snowed, and it was cold, and it sucked, and I had nothing to do for a week, and I just fucking hated it. And then after that week, the doors finally opened, and I couldn't wait, and I rush in, and the club is just as good as I thought it was, but you know what else happens? 
a thousand other people who didn't wait one fucking minute in that line rushed in with me and right. celebrated the same way. Fuck those people, Wes. That's just not fair. <laughs> I at least want there to be some kind of a distinction. Of course, come in and enjoy right. this. But I want somebody like Clay Thompson to, you know, to walk around and give me a couple of attaboys. I saw you waiting before the greatness. You know, yeah. here you are. And I, I don't know. I just I like that it was finally said by a member of the team. That makes and, sense. It, and you meant you said Clay is human. And that was a very visceral human kind of thing for him to say. And it was a thing that a lot of fans relate to. By the way, there is not a bandwagon fan on the planet who will admit that he or she is a bandwagon fan. Okay. There, no bandwagon fan is a bandwagon fan. When you what ask the bandwagon, bandwagon fan. fan, define it for me. Cause that's what, that's what we're going to be spending some time today. Do you hear that phrase? What does it mean to you? So it's not the same as a fair weather fan. Yeah. Okay. Because a fair weather fan roots for the team when the team is good and then doesn't pay attention when the team is bad. So like how most people here in Miami feel about the Marlins, for example. <laughs> um, a bandwagon fan, they jump on at the height, but they I, I feel like they don't really leave the same way that a Fairweather fan. Like, they still care a certain degree in a way that a Fairweather fan doesn't. Like, the Fairweather fan just won't know what the roster is for a few years yeah. and then come back when they're back in the playoffs and start learning stuff. Like, a bandwagon fan will pay attention the entire time. So it's not as bad as a Fairweather fan. A bandwagon fan to me is still a fan, but, but it's unfortunately a fan that is in it for the peaks, but not yeah. not really in it for the valleys. Like, uh, if that makes any sense. Like, they're yes. not they're not there for the long term story arc of what being a real fan is, which is going through the rebuilds, going through the injuries, being feeling the pain. Because that pain when you're a fan is as important as the highs, the par the parades, the championships, the rings, all that stuff. I don't think a bandwagon fan feels that way. Feel that. Um, and in some ways, I agree. So for me, it's not black and white, right? We're talking spectrum. There isn't like you are definitely a fan, you are definitely not. It's, you know, on one side, and, and let me do a better job of defining that. That spectrum has more to do with your connection with the team than anything else. You know, mm -hmm. on one side, real fans, I have some hard burnt connection that has nothing to do with the team's success or how they're playing on the floor. And that can come from a lot of ways. It can come from, right. you know, the city. I'm born and raised in Oakland. The Warriors have always been here. That's how my connection started. It can be family held down. You know, maybe I, I lived in New York, but my parents were huge Warrior fans. So they gave me that when I was young and I stuck with them forever. Whatever that connection is has nothing to do with how well they're doing. On the other side of that spectrum, are people who have no connection with the team outside of success. So right. you know, they, they win a few championships. They're on board. The second that success goes away, they're off board. And there's different steps on that spectrum as we go down, you know? So uh, does that, and, and somewhere in there would be the Fairweather fan, right? You know, maybe, maybe even further to the right of bandwagon fan. Right. I think I'm with you. I like that. Like the connection, the reason you care about the team is because they won period. And then whatever happens, like you, you just care that they win. That's all you're there for is the winning part of it. You don't care. You're not the person reading the features about the story, about the players. You're not the person that cares about the humans. You're not the person that is watching the press conferences. Even, you know, like you're, you just, you just want the result. You care about the wins and you care about the celebration. You're results oriented. You're not process oriented. Maybe that's what it is. The other thing too, which interesting about a bandwagon fan, not every team can have a bandwagon fan, right? Like you're not like, there's no version of a bandwagon team or a fan for like the Atlanta Hawks right now. You know what I mean? Sure. Like in order to have bandwagon fans, you need to have recent success. Like I, I don't know a lot of Milwaukee Bucks fans because, you know, we don't live in the Midwest, but like, I would imagine there's a fair amount of bandwagon fans jumping on the Bucks bandwagon now that Giannis is there. We could, I, I kind of want to have this conversation with you. Is that wrong? Because isn't the whole point of sports to win in order to make money? So it's not wrong. And we're going to explore this down the line, right? Okay. What I really want, even that, so going back to my club analogy, if, as long as I get my own section of that club, you know, if, right. I, if I get like a nicer place, they put me at my own table, you know, then yeah. every, come on in, everybody. The, the, the bigger that club is, the, the more people who are in there, the more important I will feel for having been in there first. 
So I have no problem with coming on and being, you know, bandwagon fans or new fans, however we want to define it. I just want there to be some fucking distinction. I want there to be recognition of the people who have been here forever. And then once that happens, you know, come on in. I, I have no problem with new people joining. And it's unfortunate too, because the only way that really exists right now is through season tickets, getting upgrades, um, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But I, I hate that, like the definition right now of, of a lifelong fan is how long have you had season tickets? Right. Because I, there's a lot of fans who just can't afford season tickets or don't want to go to games or have the time to go to games, but they care so deeply about the team. And so I guess that's what we're going to get into is how can we reward the real fans in a way that doesn't just line Joe Lacob's pockets? I love a transition. That's why you're a professional, my man. And, and I'm going to take that stick and run with it. First, I will say, because I'm qualified to do it. I have season tickets. Right? I've had them forever. And I want you now know, look, I'm neurotic and I like to make myself sound way better than I am. So if I like, I am not above being like, yes, because I have season tickets, that's the line you have to show to be a real fan. But no, <laughs> of course not. It has nothing to do with your income. It has nothing to do with how much money you spent on it. It has to do with why you want to spend your time with these guys. So Especially is- today, like the way things are just across sports today, season tickets are paid with mostly by expensive accounts, right? And you go you go to an NBA game, it's mostly corporate dudes after happy hour. It, yeah. If I could pay for my season tickets with both my hands, it'd be cheaper than what I'm currently paying for those goddamn tickets. <laughs> like, like Chase Center is bananas to get into. But this yeah. is going to be a shock. Not everyone agrees on this definition of bandwagon fan. So before okay. I had you on, I went yes. online, and there's like a thousand tests for whether or not you're a bandwagon. So before we consider like how can we treat different bandwagoners, you know, in, in different ways, let's go through these. And what is this I like to- a is this like a BuzzFeed quiz? Which friends character are you? But it kind of is like that. And, and okay. here's what it's going to be. I'm going to give us the thing. We're going to. Decide- I think you're. I think you're a Ross, by the way. Don't you, I mean, well, don't you suck me down into some other conversational topic? You know, I want to fight you now, but I'm not. I will not talk about Ross, and I won't talk about candy corn either. I'll let you know that right now. Um, but what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you these bullet points and we're going to decide a few things. One, does this make you a bandwagon fan? Two, do we think either of us have ever done this? And then we'll tell the truth. All right. Here's our first one. So you have more than one favorite team in a single sport. So Wes, if you have more than a single favorite team in one sport, does that make you a bandwagon fan? It does. I think, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to call out my dad really quick. Uh, he adopted the Miami Dolphins when he moved from Brooklyn to uh, South Florida so that basically his son, me, could root for the hometown team, which I think is a really admirable thing to do, especially if you were like a Jets fan. Like that's a rivalry. Um, and, and he was a Jets fan. So I was like, wow, super cool, dad. Thank you. So I can I don't have to like watch the team that's all the way on the other side of the country and I can go to the games and stuff. So that was really cool. However, it, he would always say it was really easy because the Jets were garbage and the the Dolphins had Dan Marino at the time. So it was actually really easy since then. So it was a little bit of a bandwagon decision then. And then since then, after like 30 years of the Dolphins sucking, and then the New York Giants got kind of good and won a couple Super Bowls with Eli Manning. And during that whole time, that whole run, he just jumped right onto the New York Giants bandwagon, bought himself a Giants jersey. And he was like, and here's how, but here's how he, he, uh, uh, he, he, he defended it. Um, one team is in the AFC and the other is in the NFC. And so you have just two different conference teams. I don't buy that. Oh, not at all. Yeah, me neither. Um, I, I consider it like being unfaithful within sports. You know, like it's not something that you can really pull off. Although I will say it depends on why. And you just nailed the reason. So like, if I just decide I'm also a Laker fan, then 100% of a bad Laker fan, 100%. Right. right? But if I move to another city, and then kind of adopt that team. There's at least there's a little bit of wiggle room there, you know. Like I don't know if that immediately defines you as a bandwagon. That's what you talked about earlier. There's a there's a connection outside of just the winning. That's right? exactly right. Okay, that's exactly right. So I don't I don't know if this one's definitive. Um, guess do you think I've ever had that? Have I ever had more than no. one? You no. <laughs> At no point in my life. No. Um, unfortunately, you are right. Uh, the, <laughs> the closest I got when the Raiders left us the first time, I became yeah. a Dallas Cowboys fan. 
But so a couple of distinctions here. Distinction one, I wasn't still a Raiders fan. So I didn't have two. I was just a Dallas Cowboys fan. And then two, my connection to them was an anti-connection. My yes. parents were, were Niner fans and I was kind of, you know, I was a teenager. So it's kind of fucked them. And I went to the team that they really hated for about a three right. year stretch. So I have uh, had another team. I switched teams, but it wasn't at the same time. I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess no for you. I want to say yes to give you shit, but I'm going to guess no, you've never done that. Yeah, I I love sports and I love my teams, uh, but I, I just don't care. I, I don't care enough to have multiples of them. Like, I just I'm like, all right, like, whatever. Like, I root for the Dolphins, but like, you know, if they lose, like, whatever, I don't care. Like, it's just, like I just move on with my day for the most part. Um, but yeah, I I, and I I I think you and I are on the same page here. You're too much ride or die. I could tell I could totally see you being like if the team leaves, just being like F them. They're not my, they're not my family anymore, whatever. I'm adopting Dallas Cowboys for a while, but it doesn't sound like you're a Dallas Cowboys fan anymore. So you probably are just doing it just to find some reason to watch the sport, which is different. I but um, my parents, if I'm being honest, you know, and yeah. I, I'm completely just in the wilderness when it comes to the Raiders. Now I have no idea what to do about the NFL. Nobody but- does. <laughs> Nobody does. I don't know. I don't know how you like, I don't get it. Like the Mercury news was still like reporting on the Raiders when I was still there. And I was like, why? And they're like, I don't know. We still got some Raiders fans. I was like, okay, like whatever, as long as it drives the page views up. But they're in Vegas now, so I don't know. Yeah, I, don't, I, I can tell you that if Erica ever divorces me, the one thing I don't need is news about how well she's doing. And certainly if like she <laughs> moves into some dope-ass new house and I get pictures of it. Fuck all of that. Here's our second one. You are a bandwagon fan if you know less than half of the players on the team or you can't name a single staff member. Do you think that's true? So if, if no. that's true, you don't know this stuff, does that make you a bandwagon fan? No. No, I, I think if you, so I want to make sure I'm answering this the right way. Uh, and it also depends on the sport. Cause like, if you can name an entire college football roster, you, there's just something, there's something wrong with you. You know what I mean? So uh, I, I think it, that doesn't matter how many players you can name does not matter to me. I think this is, so I agree with you. This is like tangentially related because you can use this to head fake somebody, you know, like if you were a hundred percent of bandwagon fan, you know, let, let's say right. that you became a Warriors fan right after the last championship. And, you know, you would now have like Warriors tattoos, but had no real connection. But someone comes up and fucks with you and then you fire off the entire roster and all of the, the coaching staff. You might yeah. be able to head fake somebody. You know, they yeah. may leave thinking, oh, that guy is real genuine. But I don't I don't think that that's true either. I don't think either way establishes uh, Ben Wagon fan. Here's yeah, I'm thinking about that uh, that 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 scene in uh, Goodwill Hunting where they walk into the bar and that guy's just like saying stuff about like a book that he was reading in class. And then Will just like calls him out and he's like, you actually don't know any of this shit. Like, did you know this, this, and this? Like, oh, cool. You read one book on this? Congrats. That doesn't make you smart about this subject. It just means you know one book about like within the realm of this subject. That's sort of the same thing. Like, oh, cool. You can memorize a roster. Sick, dude. Do you know anything about this sport? Maybe not. That's the how do you like them apples guy. Nicely played. Yep. Uh, that's exactly right. All right. Here's one I'm I'm nervous about or excited. I'm not sure how to phrase this, but you are a bandwagon fan if you leave the game early at any point or if your team is losing. Do you agree with that? No, I don't care when you leave the game. It's your time. Do what you got to do. Let's go. I agree with you. Have you ever done it? I'm going to guess yes. You've so yes, when I was, so I, I think I come from a little bit of a bias here. Cause my dad is definitely the guy that wants to leave the games early, even though he really cares because he wants to beat traffic and stuff. And I'm like, all right, like, dude, if that's your reason, that's a good enough reason for me. It's your time. You paid for the freaking ticket. You bought the concessions. If you want to get home, whenever you want to get home, go for it. Like you, you were there, right? Like, do you get points for going and spending money on the team? Like you should. So, um, I'm, I, I did when I was a kid, I, but I didn't have a choice. I like, like dad was like, Hey, we're going. I was like, Oh, okay. And then we, that when was it was up to you when you drove, cause you've definitely gone to games without your dad. So like, have there been moments when think. you bounced early? I'm guessing yes. I'm guessing more than does me. getting too drunk at a UCF college football game and like having to leave count. Cause I've definitely done that. I mean, yes, but not really the same. I think we both know that's not what I'm asking. You know, you got pulled out of there on a I can't recall. I cannot recall a time where I actually left a game early. But in my defense also, um, I have been covering sports. Like, I go – I don't really enjoy going to games unless I'm covering the game, if I'm being honest. And so um, I would rather – like, a lot of times I'd rather watch it on TV. So um, 
now like I just I can't leave early. So that's a, it's a little bit of a harder question for me. But I can't I can't even recall as a fan me leaving a game early. I don't I don't think I would at this point. I is the whole beating traffic thing is a little overrated too, unless you leave like in the first quarter and then why even go? Or that I took that. I don't like a game unless I'm covering it kind of as a shot. I've never covered a game and I feel like I enjoy going to them. I, I don't even know like why you said that. I feel punched in the face. Uh, yeah. Punched me in the face again. Guess for me. Do you think I've ever left a sporting event early? So it's tough. Um, does this count like with your daughter? Because like. Cross the board. Sure. Uh, then yeah, I think you probably have. Um, so yes, great follow-up. I'm a married man, so I have left a million games early uh, yeah. because Erica wanted to avoid traffic. Have I ever left a game early just on my own volition? If I'm I, so it's just you and I here, you know, don't tell anybody else this, but yes, Wes. Yeah, I, have I think been, you have. I definitely have. And the thing is, I don't know, like, help me through this. So here's my justification. I've spent so much time, like, you know, putting in the losses, like staying there when it was a 35 point loss. And like, I, I still stayed and see that I now feel like I've earned the right to get the fuck out of there when they're down big. Is that pompous of me? How, can I leave early? Or do you think that that takes away some of my, uh, my fan? I, I, I don't care. Leave whenever you want to leave. It does nothing to do with your fandom. You're, you're, you're also somebody I've learned this about you. You value your time. You are very, you, you you cherish your time and you're very specific with how you spend your time. Um, and so I get that from you. Like, I totally get it. Like, if you're like, look, I have gotten everything I've needed from this basketball game. I have, I've sort of, uh, I've, I've filled up that cup, you know, for myself. I'm going to leave now. I have no problem with that. You paid for the ticket. It's your friggin' seat. You paid for the concessions. You got yourself there. You're getting yourself back. Do with your time. Time is the most valuable resource we have. Do with it whatever you might want to do with it. I completely agree. Here's our next. You're a bandwagon fan if you root for other teams when your team has been eliminated or hasn't made the playoffs. What do you think? Once your team's eliminated, root for whoever you want. I, it's actually, if you care about sports a lot, and therefore, like, or I should say, if you, if you have a team, you probably care about that sport a lot. And you probably enjoy watching that sport. I understand when maybe that's not always the case when you only care about the team and that's cool too. But if you care about the sport a lot, then it would be almost weird to not kind of root for a team once your team was eliminated, I think. So yeah, that, that to me does not have anything to do with being a bandwagon fan. I can't imagine anybody who's continuing to watch after their team has been kicked out. I mean, clearly cares about the sport. And if you care about the sport, you're going to want to have a protagonist during the story, right? You're going to want to yeah. have some stakes in it. So no. And I don't, even if you don't mean to like the national championship game, Kansas UNC, I, I actually go into a lot of games. Like, you know, my fiance would be like, who are we rooting for? Cause like, she needs to know what we're doing here. Of course. And I'll be like, I don't know yet. And she'd be like, what do you mean? I was like, I, I'll just, I, I let the spirit move me. I'll start watching the game. And I started rooting for North Carolina. I was like, fuck Kansas. I don't know why. I was just like, I'm rooting for North Carolina, and they lost. But, uh, yeah. It would make anybody who ever rooted for underdogs a bandwagon fan. That's bananas. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And of, of, of course not. You know, you, the, if you find a storyline that makes you give a shit, it doesn't yeah. make you any less of a fan. All right, how about this one? You root for a player, not a team. This is, a, this is such a great question. It does not make you a bandwagon fan, in my opinion. You're a LeBron guy. Here we go. I knew unless, that. unless, unless you're a LeBron guy. <laughs> Why? Um, I look, this is just anecdotal experience, of course, but I feel like if you're a LeBron guy, I get it. I think it's actually a really cool way to root for sports is just root for the player. I think I because that the player matters more than the uniform, you know, in a lot of ways. And a lot of times it's for a lot of people, it's a player who gets you to fall in love with a, a team and a sport. And so if you're just ride or die for that player, that logically makes a ton of sense. Right. Um, and so I don't I, I don't think that if you root for a player over a team that makes you a bandwagon fan. The only caveat is other than people who have it's not it's not all LeBron fans. It's just a whole lot of them who just end up just like being like, and it was, it wasn't even before he got to the Lakers when he was with the Cavs or with Miami, it didn't matter. But like, you know, this as well as anybody, Warriors fans know this as well as anyone there's a Lakers fans are just different. 
And then once you enter, once you get in that pool, you're in that pool. And now you exist in that realm. And now you're a Lakers fan. And that's just, that's a too much, that's too much of a, a bandwagon atmosphere that you, you just can't, you can't escape it. You're just now part of it by osmosis or whatever. And so other than Le- LeBron fans who followed him to the Lakers and are now Lakers fans, they are bandwagon Lakers fans. But every other version of this, I'm cool with it. This question breaks my spectrum. Yeah. Right? So like, because you could, so I, I do consider them bandwagon fans. I can't immediately define to you why. And if I use my spectrum thing, you could have a connection to a player that's been handed to, you know, that, that isn't necessarily success-based. You know, I, I might just like watching Steph early on before he had won any championships. And so that doesn't mean it's been driven by success. But there's something that just feels weird about and this. This might be my age speaking, you know, because when I first became a basketball fan, you didn't really have the I'm only rooting for this player as opposed to the team. That seems it's very like, new. It is it's very it new. To be like this yeah. kind of this this big giant almost uh, NBA 2K way to. Well, it's a social media thing because you're following, you don't follow the Lakers Instagram account. You follow the LeBron one, right? You don't follow the Warriors Instagram account. You follow the Steph one. Right. And, and maybe it's because as we're, we're talking this out, it's because it's not hooked into wins or losses in any way that kind of hits me in a weird place. And then yeah. like LeBron, they can cut bait on a, on a, a team or a city at any point and then flip over. That also makes me feel weird. But if I'm using my own fucking parameters, if you're following a player, but that following has nothing to do with that player's success, you know, like if something was actually given to you, I, I don't know. I guess you fall somewhere on that spectrum that doesn't necessarily make you bandwagon. But just saying that makes me feel uncomfortable. Like I'll, I'll use the Lakers one again too. Like if you were a LeBron guy and you followed him from the first Cleveland, then to Miami, then to the second stint in Cleveland and to the Lakers and then bought an Anthony Davis Jersey, you're the worst. You know what I mean? You're the worst. But uh, if if all you own is LeBron jerseys, like I'm maybe I'm, I'm I think I'm I'm okay with it. But I'll pose another question to you. Like, if you're a Milwaukee Bucks fan, or maybe let's and you're 13 years old, and the, from your earliest memory, Giannis was on the Bucks, and you watched Giannis grow, and for some reason Giannis's contract comes up tomorrow, and he signs with a new team. And you followed Giannis instead of the Bucks. I would be okay with that, right? Like, wouldn't you be cool with that? Like, if you love basket, if you love the Bucks and the sport of basketball because of this guy, and this guy is now on a different team. Logically, doesn't that make sense to follow the guy and not the team? So the curmudgeon in me wants to say fuck no, and I can't tell you why. I mean, I can't tell you why. I don't have. There's, there's not an objective stone yeah. that I can throw. Subjectively. You know, someone who's rooted for a team forever and then decides to root for the player over the team. Does that bother me? Of course it does. But can I tell you? But it's, yeah, I'm just giving it to you reverse though. Right. Cause I understand where you're coming from, right? Like if you rooted for, you've rooted for the Warriors your entire life. Steph shows up in 2000, now uh, 2011. What? No, 2008. What was it? Nine, I think. 2009. He shows up in 2009 and all of a sudden you're like, now I'm a Steph guy. And then Steph got traded to the Atlanta Hawks. And they're like, well, now I'm a Hawks fan. Like that would be weird for you to do that. But for the 13-year-old who only knows basketball because of Giannis, I'll give you a more personal example. I almost did that. I was a Heat fan before Dwayne Wade got there, but I fell in love with basketball as a sport because of D. Wade. And there was a period in 2010 where it, like, like, there was a lot of rumors like he's going to the Bulls or he's going to the Knicks. Would you follow I, I, was, I made the decision. I was like, well, shit, I guess I'm buying a New York Knicks jersey. <laughs> you know? Were you a fan for like two months before the Browns had him in the back and came out of it? <laughs> No, by then I had grown up, but like at that point, like I was still, what was I? I was in, I was in high school. And so I think I would have just been like, you know what, you know, maybe I would. And I honestly don't know, like when push comes to shove and the heat were on TV and Eric Reed was on the call, maybe I would have just been like, nah, the heat are my team. I ride or die. Like, that's it. Uh, like, I don't know what, how I reacted, but I thought about it. What do we do with, because your age thing is a perfect um, kind of caveat. So yeah. what do we do with the people who were born into dynastic runs? You know, like the, the guys who are Warriors <laughs> fans now, right. but, you know, they were six or seven or, you know, maybe a little older, eight or nine during that first title run. That's what got their attention. But also, you know, they, this is yeah. the first team they've ever rooted for, you know? So what do we, where do they fall on that spectrum in your opinion? I mean, 
They had no choice. You gotta let they're real fans. You gotta give it to them. That they, they're 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 blessed. They're blessed as all. That's that's being born with a silver spoon, buddy. And by the way, it only gets worse because it's never going to be as good as it was during the dynasty. So have fun with that. Just watch replays in the last few years. That's true. Um, Because that's a very different thing than like being the tech bro who moved from Brooklyn to San Francisco to work for Salesforce. And then was just like, now I'm a diehard, like during the Durant years. And he's like, now I'm a Warriors fan. Like that's different. Oh, yes. Oh, and then probably took a couple of years off the last couple of years. Right now, right. I'm sure they might be fans. But, but, land, yeah, but, like, but like tech bro who moved from Brooklyn in 2016 and like kid born in like 2010 and is just sort of now being like old enough, is now old enough to like recognize what's happening, like kind of landing in the same spot at the same time, but in two very different ways. Exactly right. Uh, let me bring this back to where we started it, back to Clay's okay. All right. And Clay, I should say, is watching back. Today, he kind of came out and said, you know, we want all fans and hate that. disregard what I said before. But let's pretend yeah. that didn't happen. This- that was the Warriors. That was that was I was all like corporate, like mumbo, like just the t- the, the, the the ticket sales department was like, he's going to alienate all our bandwagon fans. Those are the ones who pay for tickets. And I'm like, just he should have just been like, no, but no bandwagon fan will ever admit they are a bandwagon fan. It's fine. It's fine. You kind of that's what happened because that's what I think happened too. hundred percent, that's what happened. Kind of Clay doesn't that. walk stuff back. Couldn't you see though, Clay like agreeing to do that and then just forgetting to do it? Like they, they meet him behind the scenes, you know, and they're like, "Look, we need you to walk this bag." He's like, "No problem." He calls for a press conference. They come there and then he just has like a take about lemurs or something, and then bounces. <laughs> like just never is like completely forgot to do the thing. I'm, I'm man, mission ban, bandwagon lemurs, man. Yeah, it's like they weren't here from the start. <laughs> That's exactly right. But go back in our world. Clay never recounted it. It's still here. All right. He basically says, we don't need them. You know, we, we, who cares? If you have not been rooting for us forever, then get the fuck out. Yeah. Give me your take. What do we do with bandwagon fans? Right. And should they mm-hmm. be, do they just root the exact same way? Is there any distinctions? I mean, I, I have some ideas for you, but set some parameters for me. What, what ideas do you have? So I, I want to go down this road with you, but I actually think that you should tell me what – I want to go back to your club analogy, yep. that you should get special treatment because you are a real fan. Okay, yep, that's exactly right. Okay. So I, I, think we're, I, I think we're focusing on the wrong fan here. You're, you're trying to find a way to reward the real fans. Yep. And, I, and I think before we get to that step – we need to find a way to properly identify not the real fans, but the bandwagon fans. Yep, there you go. And I'll go back to what I was saying before. No bandwagon fan will ever admit that they are a bandwagon fan. So you kind of have, like, this is doubly difficult now. How do you not only identify who the bandwagon fan is, but then get that bandwagon fan to admit that he or she is a bandwagon fan? It's a very hard thing to do. It's impossible. No, and you're 100% right. So here, let me put it this way. Um, what I want is a solution that both allows for new fans constantly. We don't want to shut people down. We want them to be in here. We want this team to be big and further away to, to get some credit for being here forever. And so here, I got some ideas for you. You tell me if they're good. Some of we've talked about in the past, pretend like it's a new idea. Like I've just brought it up to you for the first time right now. (laughs) And anybody who's listening, you do the same thing. If you've heard me say it, just try to erase that memory. Here's my first. I want to steal an idea from karate. I've never taken a single karate class. I would get my ass kicked if I stepped into one. But I like the idea of belts. You know, the longer you do something, the better you get. I've told my karate story on the show, right? Oh, shoot. Yeah, let me save it. I want to hear your karate story. Okay. So I did take a karate class once and um, uh, I, I was like eight and uh, as any eight year old boy wants to do, he wants to be a black belt master karate person. And so I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a ninja when I grow up. So let's just, let's get, let's get the ball moving on this. Uh, There's a lot of um, ninjas too. I mean, which are (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was thinking. And so (laughs) I say, mom, I want to do karate. And she was like, For, like, really? The you? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, all right. So she took me. Uh, I walked in. People were kicking and punching and slapping each other. Karate. And, you know, doing karate. 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 And uh, I just, I, I 
got hit one time. I ran away, sat in the corner, waited for my mom to come get me. She finally got me. And they, and she was like, how do you like that? And I was like, I don't ever want to do that again. Since that day when I was eight years old, by the way, they let you, I have not been in a fight ever again in my entire life. I have not ever gotten into another fight in my, I'm 30 going on 31. You've never been in a fight. I have never, that was my first and only fight. That was not a fight, dude. You you did a, a single drill in a karate class as an eight-year-old. That was not a fight. I didn't even make it to the wood part. No, yeah, I, I think that's way down the line. I don't know. Not, I didn't if, make it that far. It could have been the next day. Part, you would not have been in a fight with a piece of wood either. Just just so you know, like as long as we are, we're talking about parameters here. The cool thing is they let you keep the belt and the outfit. So I would just walk around in the belt and the outfit anyway, as if I were a ninja. So I got mission accomplished. There you go. One good story deserves another. I'll give you my karate story. And it might be the only karate story that's softer than yours. So I, I think was either six or seven. I took a single hour of karate at the Jewish community center, the JCC, which I usually go to all the time. With all the, the with first, all the Jewish ninjas. Exactly right. We, they were, they were training a crew of Jewish ninjas. This teacher mistook my name for Fram with an F. So he kept calling me Fram. I didn't correct him in the first 10 minutes. So he kept doing it. I got so like worried about this guy thinking my name was Fram. I never went back. That was it, Wes. And like at one point, one of my friends tried to tell the teacher, no, his name was, I was like, shh, shh, don't tell. Like, no, like I didn't want the, I didn't want the karate teacher to feel bad. So it could I, have been your alter ego, Fram the ninja. That's, that's Fram from the Warriors. And just so that you know, I've never been in any fight, I guess. If, you know, if that's your parameters. I'm picking I, up on a trend here. I didn't even get to the fart or fight portion of the karate class, but here's the analogy I was going to make. Um, and, and you already having a belt, you know, kind of uh, solidifies right. that. What I want is there's some way like belts to show the world how long I've been a fan. So when you first, you know, maybe you register for the team somehow, you know, literally just go onto the website somewhere and you register and all right, I am now a Warriors fan. And then every year that you, you maintain that, your status goes up. So after five years, I can now buy gear with a different color to it. You know, maybe we start with white, then you go to gray, then you go to blue, then you go to black. We have whatever it is. But after you've reached some, you know, 10, 15, 20 years as a fan, you can show that just by the color that you are wearing. So using that club analogy, when people came in, they see me at a private table, they know I'm important, at least within that, that club. People come into the game, they see me with a black hat, they know I have been rooting for the team forever. So it's not, you know, everybody can come in, you can be a fan, but the longer you've done it, the, you know, the more options you have to illustrate that experience. What do you think? Thumbs up, thumbs down. So it addresses a core issue of the bandwagon fan is, are you here just along for the fun times or have you been here the entire time? Yep. I, what I don't like about it is that it is based on length of time served. And I don't know that. I don't know that. I don't know that a 40 year old Warriors fan who's been a fan since he was 20 is actually more passionate about the Warriors than the 20 year old fan who's been a fan for five years. I don't know. Uh, it, it very well could be. I just, I just don't know. So I would like to add another layer to this. Please. I, I, I would like there, it does, to me that that what that does, it doesn't measure intensity of your fandom. It only measures length of your fandom. Yep. And I think there needs to be something that considers the intensity, the passion with which you root for your team. And I, it, that's a very hard thing to put together. Like I, I know that, for example, uh, you've heard of this with like NFL front offices or NBA front offices when they were like, how much does this guy care about basketball? They'll just ask the prospect, list your top, what are the top three most important things to you in your life? And the prospect would be like, my mom, basketball, cheeseburgers, like whatever. And, and it's just like, cool, basketball's in the top three. Awesome. So if you just like every warrior, every fan that comes through, you're just like, your top three things, what are they? You'd be like, my mom, the warriors, cheeseburgers. You'd be like, cool. That's a, that's a level two fan. Like if, 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 but if like somebody is like warriors, then I guess my mom, then like maybe my cousins. And you're like, that guy cares about the Warriors more than his family. That guy's a super diehard fan. So I think maybe you could do something like that. That's really hard to do. Uh, and not a lot of people are going to be honest with that either. So, especially if they know what the game is. 
Like if, if the game is like, oh, now you get like VIP treatment at these Warriors games, you'd be like, fuck my mom, Warriors all the way. But um, let me, maybe. Let me cut on that and then tell me if I'm wrong. This passion is much like knowledge, you know, being able to name the team, name the states or name the, the staff is more of a way to head fake out of being a bandwagon fan than establishing anything else. Let me give you an example. Okay. Yeah. The only reason I root for the Warriors is because they won a championship, right? That's the only, they win a championship. I'm all the way in, but I then get a face tattoo for the Warriors. And I'm like, I care <laughs> about this team more than anything you've ever seen. Still bandwagon. I'm just head faking you. You know, I'm, I'm just right. telling you that this means everything, which is why for me, it's more, you know, you need something objective. You need time in this motherfucker. Or, or data. Or data. So here's what I'll go. I'll, I'll count. How often are you looking up stuff on your computer about the Warriors? I mean, like stats? Whatever. Just Warriors. How much time do you Google like Warriors something or something related to the Warriors? Tangentially. Yeah. Yes. Uh, a lot of. I think we have all this information. It's out there. That yeah. it powers our world is data. I think if you can get every person and their information by how much they are looking up the Warriors, this is kind of where I was going with this. How much, like, just our Google search history will be fine. We could start there. Spyware on our computers to make yes. sure so that we can adequately decide who does what. The real fans won't have a problem. They've got nothing to hide. <laughs> Is that why you've been, like, going through my search history recently? <laughs> exactly. Just watching everything I do on the computer? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> you said you could share your screen. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that is not the only way. Because you're right. Like, a bandwagon fan can get super obsessive about the team for a little while, but still be a bandwagon fan, right? So I, I, it's not the only thing, but I think you have to add, you have to layer that. You have to add that with time served is just sort of like, all right, how much do you really care? Like, are you like taking a break from stuff you should be doing at work to just be like, what's the injury report for tonight or whatever it is? Um, I mean, that that to, to me matters. You wouldn't be able to enforce this, but we'd have like, if you are wearing that black shirt, somebody should be able to ask you occasional like tester questions. You know, you're, you're rolling around the black shirt and they come in and they ask you like, what college did Steph go to? And you have no idea. Then maybe you get knocked down a level, man. You know, like you, right. you got it, it. I like the idea of the time you have put in also shows that you cared that entire way through. It wasn't yes. something that you were just kind of tangentially involved in. Here, let me, let me uh, ask you this. You ever been a bandwagon fan? And for any team, any sport, anywhere, would you consider, you said you'd never, you know, most people don't admit it. For this, you know, cone of silence, nobody else will hear it. Have you ever been a bandwagon fan? I don't think I have. Never? Really? No. I mean. I have. I definitely have. For who? I spent a, I went to school in London for a quarter and became a huge Manchester United fan. Huge. West. I bought like a hat and shit. I like, I mean, I couldn't name it. Okay. I, but I tried, I, I learned the coach's name and we're trying to put that in like in the first sentence constantly. So people are like, oh, he knows what's up. And then I, if I'm being really honest with you, so the other ones are easy. Olympics, I don't give a shit about the sport, but like I'll watch, you know, and make up somebody. I do the same thing uh, for the World Cup. Hockey, if anytime the Sharks make the playoffs, I try to pretend like I'm a fucking hockey fan. I don't know anything about it. And I throw- No, okay, so let me stop you there. Is that fair weather? Because you're you're only rooting for the Sharks. Are you not rooting for like the Blackhawks? Oh wait, that was the time I was a bandwagon fan. The Blackhawks. There it is. There it is. Yeah, but I thought that may have come from some example in your life. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Blackhawks went like I think it was back to back Stanley Cups, or like I don't know that they won, but they were in it. They won one of the years for sure. Maybe it might have been both. Um, but my my best friends in college were Blackhawks fans. And so we would watch the games together. And so obviously I just started, I don't know if that counts as a bandwagon fan, but I, I was like, I, I knew Patrick Kane. That was one of the guys. I didn't know like the rest. I wasn't like going around telling people like, we won the, we won the Stanley cup. I was just like, ah, cool. Good for you guys. Like, great. Like that was fun to like kind of ride that wave with you guys for a while. I don't know if that counts, but. My version Probably. of it is I would tape the Sharks games, try to watch them, get about eight seconds in, and then just watch them fast forward until there was a goal, and then I'd rewind to 30 seconds, like, oh, and still didn't give a fuck. I, it doesn't matter how hard I try, I don't get hockey and will not root for it. it is I think that's where I'm at with, like, the Marlins and the Panthers, is I'm very fair weather. If, they're, if they give – and my, my justification – give me a reason to cheer for you. Yeah, yeah that sounds If fair. you just suck all the time, like, I don't – what's where's the reason there? Um, now it's obviously hypocritical because I still root for the Dolphins for my entire life and they haven't done anything. But uh, I, I don't know that 
I don't know. Like, I think your 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 Manchester United thing definitely bandwagon because you picked Man U. Like, you could have picked a Chelsea back then. It wouldn't have mattered. They were winning. They were winning nonstop. So yeah. Was about yeah. Them. yeah. Rooting for them. That's like moving to LA and being like Clippers or Lakers. Definitely Lakers. Yeah. You know, like I didn't show you my Man U United tattoo. <laughs> like, I, I cover it up now because I'm not there anymore. But I mean, it's pretty nice. It was. Uh, like, I don't fault you for moving somewhere and wanting to get involved and like go to the pubs and like have a reason to talk to people. And, like, I get that. Like, that's cool. But like, you pick Man U. That's exactly. And I think I used the term football hell of times. I mean, nice. you know, like, I don't know. It's, it was a dark time for me, Wes. I don't feel super good about the decisions I've made. I, you know, look, mistakes were made. Wes, huge fun, man. I miss you. Um, and I know I'm not alone. Give us where to go if we need more Wes Goldberg in our lives. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, WC Goldberg, uh, is the account on both of those. Um, and just, yeah, follow me, follow me what I, when I got stuff, uh, going up on the ringer and stuff like that, check it out, retweet it. Everywhere. You can follow his artistic work on the ringer as well for us. You know where to hit us. You want to know, or let me know that we did a crap job with this bandwagon definition. Good job. Any job. Shoot me an email at uh, huddle at warriorshuddle.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter, which is at Warriors Huddle. With that in mind, go Warriors, and hopefully we'll see you next week. Good, good. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.